0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, I am joined by a recurring guest now. Uh, she is a sophomore on the Northeastern women's hockey team, Taze Thompson. Uh, she's having an incredible year so far, so I'm definitely excited to chat with her once again. Taze, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast, and how's everything going?
1: Hi, Matt. Thanks so much for having me back. Things are, things are going really, really well. I'm excited to catch back up and um, talk a little bit with you today.
0: Well, obviously it's been a year since we last had you on the podcast. So how have things been for yourself, uh, since we last talks? Because it seems like you've sort of become a celebrity, uh, since we last had you on with the whole bean pot when you won that. And then obviously what you've been doing with Harvard, it's pretty fun to watch you grow as a hockey player, uh, both on and off the ice.
1: Yeah, no, um, it was, yeah, things have been going really well. Um, there was a lot of moving around in the summer. My family moved to New Jersey. Um, so my dad kind of got picked up by Philadelphia there and he's loving it there. So, um, I was moving all over the place. I went back home to Alberta for a little bit, trained there. It was training in Michigan. I was bopping around everywhere until I kind of finally got back to Boston with, uh, Northeastern and now I've just been loving it ever since. And so, um, a lot of moving parts, like we talked about, still picked right back up where we left off with all the moving around and the chaos. But, um, things have been going so well. And yeah, the last, um, six, seven, eight months have been super fun. So great. So all is well.
0: Well, I'm going to the Bruins game tomorrow. I didn't know your dad worked for the Flyers. That's pretty cool. Is he like an assistant coach there?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, um, he's the assistant coach with uh, John Tortorella and he has mm-hmm. nothing but good things to say. And he's really taking in that experience. And, um, He's actually yeah, so he's coming to Boston. I get to see him right after this podcast actually. They fly in. Um and so I don't really get to see my dad that much during the year. He never really he's always so busy. So he's mm-hmm. in Boston, um, I think in November and I was able to see him for a night and so now he's coming back to play the Bruins. So um yeah, you'll you'll be at that game. You'll <laughs> get to see him on the bench, but um <laughs> I'm super unfortunately
0: excited. i'll be cheering for the bruins but no hard feelings so <laughs> it's okay no you no know, travis connect is one of my favorite players so i'm excited to see him play and then we had also noah cates on the podcast a long time ago and he's now okay. with the flyer so i'm looking forward to seeing those two guys play but uh torx seems like a very scary guy uh but everyone says he's like super nice so have you had the chance to meet him at all
1: so i haven't had the chance to meet him yet i've only been in philly for like a week and that was over christmas break but um he, he does seem pretty intimidating on the media, but my dad has absolutely nothing but incredible things to say about him, like off the ice. Like he's a very good man. He's got a very good heart. Um, my mom has been out to dinner with his wife. Like they're just a very good family. Um, so yeah, I think my dad is just loving his experience. He learned so much from him, like just being such a historic coach, been in the league for a lot of years. So, um, nothing but good reviews across the board. <laughs>
0: Well, I don't know if you've ever seen those 24-7 things they used to do before the Winter Classic when they would follow that team around, but the Rangers were obviously in one, and I just remember, like, he would always rip apart his team, and it was like the I was like 10 years old when I was watching that, and he, like, scared me so much, so I guess that sort of lingers on today.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think he can be pretty scary. He's pretty tough, but, um, you know, there's a reason he's been a head coach for so long, so everyone has different coaching styles. I think the media, he's, he's pretty tough, but, um you know nonetheless he's he's a very smart and knowledgeable man about the game i think so um yeah still good still good
0: <laughs> no he has a great personality i think like um, a few days ago someone's he's like i don't really give a you know what about what people think about me and i just thought that was so funny so he's, he seems, he's definitely funny yeah i, I, I like honest. that I definitely like, like that.
1: he's very cutthroat very honest but um no it's i think my dad's taken in every bit of that experience um and I think right now we're kind of looking for a house in Philly and Philly, like he, he really loves the area. He, mm-hmm. um he loves working with all of his staff, nothing but great things. You know, the guys on the team are great guys. Um, my sister's there and she gets to skate at their rink every morning. So she's got a good setup, gets to go on the ice with my dad and kind of keep growing her game. So um, hopefully, I think that's where I'm going to land back this summer, um, training with my dad, with my sister, um, at that uh, rink that they have in New Jersey as their practice rink. So, it's a good setup.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I know when we talked last time, you were saying how you moved around a lot. I feel like last time we had you on, he was working with the Sharks. So, I uh, yeah. definitely nothing has changed on that front.
1: No, nothing's changed. We just went from West Coast to East Coast.
0: <laughs> so. Um I do want to ask you about, obviously, you're talking about how chaotic the summer was, but you did transfer to Northeastern. So I do want to ask you, well, uh, what made you want to go to Northeastern versus all the schools you might have looked at um, when you were in the portal?
1: Yeah, um, Northeastern, I think, just immediately um, jumped out to me, you know, being familiar with Boston. I, I had a pretty good friend base and family base around here that I've made over the last couple years and going to prep school on the East Coast. I definitely wanted to stay in the East um, and then Northeastern, like the staff immediately, um, I was gravitated to, um, they were just unbelievable throughout the whole process, really working with me, um, during kind of a last minute thing. So there was a lot of things to sort out and they kind of stuck with it and they were just unbelievable. And then obviously just a testament to their hockey program being, um, right in the mix in the final four of the last, you know, four or five years and just building up this program. Um, producing some elite athletes, um, it was it was so hard to like. You can't not want to come to a school of this stature, um, and then the academics on top of it. You know they have the co-op programs, they have a bunch of like plus one programs where you can kind of accelerate, get your masters. Um, there's just so much opportunity here, um, and it was hands down like I cannot imagine being anywhere else. It's just been home since the sec- second I stepped on campus. The girls have been unbelievable. Um, It never felt like I was out of place. It never felt like I was a newcomer. Just right from the get-go, it felt like home. And now these are girls that, you know, I'll be friends with for the rest of my life. And this team is just so special. And I think we got a really talented and special group. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing what we can do heading towards the end of the year.
0: Yeah, just talk a little bit about the transition. What's it been like, obviously, hockey-wise, but academically, Harvard's a great school and Northeastern is as well, but it must be we're going from an Ivy League to like, I guess a regular private school. So talk about that transition as well.
1: Yeah. Um, I think the transition was as seamless actually as it probably could have been. There was no rough patches once I I got into the school and I was, you know, fully here taking classes. Um, Northeastern is very interactive, like very hands-on in the learning process. So like a lot of my classes they're very like service learning based and they're very, um, you know, like you're, you're kind of put into the world so you can apply the skills that you learn in your classes, which I love. And I can't speak highly enough about, um, for me, like I'm a double major in human services and psychology. And so like I'm working with people and I'm talking about how I can work with people. Um, and there's just so much dialogue and good conversation, which, um, I didn't really, there wasn't as much as that last year where I was at. Um, And maybe it was just because the classes I was taking last year were very foundational. But now that I think I'm higher um, as a sophomore, like I can really apply myself in here. They do such a good job of that. Um, And then hockey wise, the transition was, was so great. Like hopping on the ice, everyone on my team, um, you know, the expectation is just to just give your best every practice. Like they make me so much better. Every practice, they're fun, they're competitive, they're fast fast paced. The lifts before and after skates that we do, um, they're very like purposeful and intentional. And um, I've just, the transition has just been awesome. Like I've been so happy and so fortunate to kind of end up where I am.
0: Yeah, I think that's like that in most schools because after my freshman year, I felt like the classes I was taking were a little bit better in the sense where like freshman year, I had to take a lot of gen ed classes to fulfill requirements to get my degree. Um, Well, now as a sophomore, it's like I can start taking classes geared towards my major, which I feel like are more, a little more beneficial because I think I'm definitely going to use them more after I graduate.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I feel the same way.
0: Now, obviously, your team entering the second half um, is a top ten team in the country. Um, how have you would you evaluate your team's performance as of now?
1: Yeah, I think we've um, we've been really consistent. Um, you know, with the exception of maybe one or two kind of bumps along the way that I think we've grown from, but um, you know. Our record is, is really uh, pretty exceptional at the moment. Like, I think we have two losses, which we're, we're bitter about. And like, I think the team mentality that we have is kind of that we hate losing more than we like winning, which is why it makes us so successful. Um, but I just think everyone has bought in hundred percent. And I think that's what makes us so successful is every single person on the team kind of having a role and knowing their role and being able to adapt. Um, and just everyone doing it for the person sitting next to them, um and that's just really given us a lot of success um and you know then we we had a really good first half then we kind of resetted, got a good rest, and I think we've come out pretty pretty strong, really hot in the second half, too, so I think we're excited to keep going,
0: yeah, and I feel like your team's been sort of underrated this year, which is a bit surprising to say because I feel like right now you guys are six in the rankings, and you've only lost two games. Um, I I don't know, like, I just, I'm going to sort of advocate for you guys. Like, you guys made the last two Frozen Fours, and while you dominated hockey, it's like you did in those last two years as well. And every time you guys play those non-conference opponents, you usually win those games, or at least are very tough games for the opponents. So I guess this sort of leads into my next question, but um, how do you, I guess, maintain that consistency throughout the regular season?
1: Yeah, I think just taking each practice, each game, each shift, like one one step at a time um, has been really helpful for us. You know, for us, we like to put two goals down on the whiteboard, like before going out into every period. And then after every period, we come back and we see like, all right, did we did we get our goals? Like, what can we do better? So I think it's just breaking it down to the smallest components, not really getting too far ahead of ourselves. Um, and I think that's caused us to have a lot of success and be very, very consistent. It's just taking things, you know, one step at a time.
0: And obviously, you're used to being on a ranked team, but I do want to ask how you sort of handle that pressure of being a ranked team, because especially with Northeastern, your team always has a target on your back for being the best team in hockey so far. So just talk about how you handle that pressure and what's it like having that target on your back every single weekend?
1: I think we actually really pride ourselves on being the team you know, that a lot of teams want to beat when they come into our arena or we go into theirs. Um, I think that pressure really drives us like that's the standard like our standard is we want to win and so I think we we all do really well with the pressure I think it really drives us and I think we're really good at driving each other Um, you know some of the girls that I play alongside with like Alina Mueller, Chloe Arard, like Maureen Murphy like just some top tier elite athletes like Just from the back out, like, Gwyneth Phillips, one of the best goalies, if not the best goalie in the nation right now. Like, I just think every person on our team loves that pressure, and they love, you know, the drive and the fuel that is fueling us to win right now. Um, And then we all feed off of it and feed off of one another.
0: Maybe this is just me, like, from an outside perspective feeling this way, but it seems like your team is playing with something to prove. Obviously, Northeastern lost in the Frozen Four last year. And yourself, you lost to Duluth in the first round of the tournament last year. Um, is that true? Am I sort of right that you guys are trying to prove something this year? And uh, what's that been like, I guess, if it is true?
1: No, absolutely. Um, you know, there's, there's like a sticker outside of our locker room, and it's like two Frozen Four appearances, like six NCAA, like 17 Beanpot wins, mm-hmm. X amount of hockey East wins. And, like, the only thing that we're missing is, like, that national championship title. Um, and so there definitely is that, that is the end goal. Like we, there's a lot of things we have to get through in order to get to that goal. Um, you know, there's hockey East, there's beanpot, there's all these little accolades, but ultimately that is what we're striving for. And that's what we want. Um, and this team, even before I came a part of it was so close all these years. So I hear my teammates and I hear like how bad they want it. And I hear just how how bitter they still are about, like, those, like, coming so close. And I just think that that, honestly, there's those setbacks for a reason. And so I think we can use that um to really get us to where we want to be, which is that NCAA final game.
0: Yeah, the last two Frozen Four appearances that Northeastern had, they lost in overtime. So they were, like, a goal away from winning it all. Yeah, so exactly, it's definitely crazy. Do you think you losing to Duluth – I know this might sound crazy, stupid as well, but do you think you losing to Duluth along with your Northeastern teammates, is that sort of like kind of a fun connection to have? Or not fun, but I guess like, <laughs> hey, at least I, I sort of know what it was like um, being in that tournament yeah. as well.
1: Maybe a common bitterness towards Duluth.
0: Maybe, <laughs> maybe. There –
1: Yeah, they're a great team. They have some great talent on that team. Um, So it's always fun to kind of when you start rearing down to the end of the year, when you start to play those big teams from other conferences um, that you don't usually play in a normal season. Um, So, yeah, definitely some bitterness and some hostility. But at the same time, like definitely feeling us. And I think we're getting super excited and even more amped up knowing that it's the second half. And that's really where, you know, those big moments come to shine.
0: Well, talk about what it's like playing in Hockey East and is the style of play different than the ECAC uh, from what you experienced last year?
1: Um, yeah, I think, uh, definitely travels better. <laughs> Just oh to, yeah. Oh yeah. Travel is definitely a lot better. You're not making those long eight hour, nine, nine hour road trips to, to Clarkson taking the ferry. But, um, no, I think that, the, all of the teams on the East Coast, ECAC and Hockey East are really competitive. Um, you know, that's why a lot of the girls, um, in Canada, U.S., North America, outside North America want to come and play, um, on the East Coast. Um, I actually, I play, I think a lot more girls that I grew up playing hockey with are in Hockey East. Um, so it's been really fun playing, you know, like Vermont and like Holy Cross and, um like Merrimack some other teams where like there's just been girls that I've grown up with that I'm like now seeing again that I didn't see when I was in ECAC um and it's always fun to go out to them after games and you know just like last night we played Maine and um I played with Courtney Calarulo at New Hampton she was one of my really good friends like I still keep in touch with her every day and so she's it's just like little moments like that that are fun
0: yeah absolutely and obviously. um the long trip, I think the longest trip in hockey is, is the main trip. I don't know if you guys have done that yet, but you must have been like laughing at all your teammates for sort of complaining about that, that drive.
1: Yeah. It was so, yeah, it, we've done it. So we went to Maine earlier this year. Um, We had the long trip. Yeah. The two, two nights there, they had the one, one night here. So they were only one up and drove back way later than us last night. So they, I think, got the worst end of that stick last season. Um. But, yeah, it felt really short in comparison to some of the stuff I was doing last year. So, um, obviously, I didn't really think about that, you know, making the change over. But when I learned that, like, going to Vermont and Maine was, like, the furthest we have to go, I was like, that's awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, obviously, like, you play BU and BC, like, four times. So, that's not even, like – that's, like, you can just walk to those campuses. Oh, exactly. Thing.
1: Exactly. It's not even 10, 15 minutes. So, definitely has its pros.
0: And you also have one of the best fan bases in all of college hockey, the doghouse. Uh, what's it been like uh, playing in front of those fans every night?
1: They are awesome. Like I cannot say how much I enjoy playing in front of, you know, the doghouse and, and the students that they come out to every single one of our games. Um, if there's away games, like at BC, like they bring their students there as well. Like they have our signs for us. They bring the energy. Like, they really do change the atmosphere of the whole game. Like, and I truly believe that. And I know that might sound like a very common answer, like a very um, just standard answer. But, like, I can I feed off of that energy. Like, I know a lot of my teammates do as well. Like, we love the doghouse. Like, at the end of our games, like, if we come off a win, like, we always wait to them. Like, we, like, get hype with them. And, like, they're so excited for us. And, like, in a way, like, even though they're not, like, on the team, like, they're so crucial to our team. Um, so I can't say enough of, about how much I've enjoyed playing for them in front of them, too.
0: I know they have a sign for each player. Have they made one for you yet?
1: Taze for days.
0: <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I know they've been trying to find a nickname for you. I feel like if – I would just call you Taser, but I'm assuming yeah, that's for the basic. No, that's what uh, –
1: that's that's the common one in the locker room, Taser. Yeah, all the girls. I like it. That's That's kind of been it growing up my whole life, too, so – Feels pretty normal
0: to me now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just I, I do think it's funny when they're trying to like I try. The fun, funniest one was probably the Tasmanian Devil. I know they did that <laughs> one. I'm trying to think of the other ones they did. The, I taser the laser or something like that. So yeah, I know they're going to try yeah. to find one at some point.
1: <laughs> There's a lot of creativity there, but yeah.
0: Now, uh, individually, you've improved a lot compared to your freshman year. Um, talk about what you think the biggest improvement is you've made to your game. And what did you work on in the offseason to make those improvements that you've seen on the ice so far this year?
1: Yeah, I think, um, honestly, a lot happened in the weight room in, in the offseason. Um, I think just getting bigger, stronger, um, kind of more agile in the corners, I think, right now, and actually seeing the ice making plays. Um, I think freshman to sophomore year and each year, I think when it comes with age and with experience, you get a little bit more confidence. Um, and that's something I'm still trying to work on right now, but has actually, I think, really improved since last year is just confidence with the puck and making plays, and, you know, doing what my eyes tell me to do and not really panicking with that speed, and, you know, we play a lot of really good opponents, and so um, you want to make plays under control, but see the play, um, but that that comes along with, um, you know, having the ability to to read and react, and so I think that's that's really helped and that's come along in practice because my teammates are pushing me so hard, you know, at the rink and at Matthews every day. And so I'm doing the small area drills, doing two-on-ones, three-on-twos, and knowing you're going against like my my defensemen who are top tier defensemen and other lines, like um, they've really helped me. So I actually think a lot of the improvements came in the weight room, getting stronger, faster, more agile, but then in practice here at Matthews, they've helped me so much.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And how do you sort of build that confidence? Because obviously that comes with experience, but I feel like also like there's sort of a mindset you have to have. I'm curious, like, is there anything you work on to sort of build up that confidence or is it sort of something that just comes naturally?
1: Yeah, actually this, um, I think it's a lot of, it's a lot of mental processes that go on. Um, and I think you really just have to kind of internally find it. Um, no one, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure you can get it from outside sources <laughs> if you really wanted to or needed to, but um, like right now like my team prioritizes a lot of um like we have this new kind of headset and it's like brain tap and we have like pre-performance like it's almost like a meditation but I don't know if like that's the right word to use for it but there's a whole mental side of the game um that Northeastern really really likes to prioritize Um and so like when you're kind of by yourself if it, there's like a sleep one there's a pre-performance one there's a post-performance one and you kind of just put your headphones on and like in a way like that helps you build confidence when you, when you're kind of reflecting in and you're shutting off the world and you're just dialing in on like your capabilities, like this is what you're capable of. Like this is what you've done over the last couple of years that got you to this point. Like think about your teammates, think about the people that um, have helped you and you kind of channel that confidence. And I think like, I've really worked on my mental game since being here and Northeastern has provided these resources for me to do so. Um, And that that's really helped me um, because confidence is an emotional, mental thing. And I think you just have to work on it in order to kind of maintain it.
0: Yeah. I feel like so many people are now talking about the mental side of hockey just because I think people are starting to realize how important it is. And it's kind of crazy how people like do different things to build up their confidence. Like I know some people sort of do what you do with the headphones, sort of like visualize the game before it happens. And or what I used to do, which maybe isn't the healthiest way is I used to like pretend people like were against me. Like yeah. like they, they didn't like me and they like didn't think I was that good. So I want to prove them wrong. Um I know Michael Jordan used to do that, but there's different ways how people do it. I always find that interesting.
1: No, totally. Um, And I think it's something too, that you can always keep building confidence. Like even now, like I'm, I, I want to keep working at it every single day because I know that I help my teammates more and my team when I do feel confident in myself. And, you know, there's games and there's practices where every athlete is going to kind of fluctuate with that. But um, the mental side has really helped my my overall just like mental health as an athlete, as like a student, as a person. Um, and that's just a huge testament to Northeastern again for giving us those resources.
0: Yeah, confidence is such a hard thing to build up, but it's so easy to lose confidence. Like one bad trip could ruin your entire confidence. So it's definitely something that I feel like you constantly have to work on as an athlete.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Now, your team got to go to Nashville this year. I sort of want to talk about that trip. How fun was it to go to Nashville? Have you ever been there before? And uh, what did you take away from that experience both on and off the ice? Because on the ice, you beat two really good opponents in cornell and princeton and off the ice it seemed like you guys had a lot of fun based on what the social media team was posting but you can tell me a little bit more about that
1: yeah that trip was awesome that was so fun um we kind of stayed right off of that broadway street which is that main main strip with all of the live music um and we were 15 20 minutes away from the rink so we were still close it was so fun um getting to kind of leave Boston and leave the East Coast and play hockey with your team somewhere else is always a good refresh. Like it almost feels like you have a new energy. Um, and we were really successful in those games. Um it that was one of my favorite tournaments um you know that I've ever done. It was it was a super cool experience. We got kind of the guitar out of it. Um, it was awesome. And those those are two really good teams too in Cornell and Princeton. Um so they really gave us a good um a good hockey game and there was a lot of um girls like youth girls in the stands and there was a lot of families there um so it actually felt like we had like a ton of fans which um i guess you know we don't usually have a whole lot like it was it was packed and so it was so fun um i really had a good time um definitely something that i'll i'll remember for forever
0: what do you guys keep the guitar do you ever play it once in a while
1: i think it's somewhere in our locker room No, i think we're trying to preserve it keep it nice and shiny
0: you can uh, play it when you uh win the hockey win hockey East or something like, that. I like I we'll to it, for that
1: we'll bring it back out for a victory song
0: that's good that's good that's good and i do <laughs> want to ask you the experience off the S. i've never been to nashville but i heard it's like one of the best music cities um in the world um i don't know if you had the chance to sort of like at least get the vibe of what that was like
1: yeah, we got to walk around for a little bit, um, after our games. Um, it was so lively. It was, it was a really cool atmosphere. Um, the weather was still good. Like it wasn't freezing and, you know, it was right before winter or sorry, right before Christmas. So like it was November. Um, but weather was good. People, the atmosphere was really, really cool. All the live music. Um, it was really clean. Like it was just a really good city. I'd never been there before. Um, but I know the draft is there this, um, upcoming year. And so I think my family, um, we're actually going to go to the draft and they've never been to Nashville. So I'm excited to go back and, um, I'll act like I'm a, like I'm a vet.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. I'll show them
1: the, I'll show them the fun spots.
0: (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. No, that should be a good draft too. Um, obviously with the dart and all those guys.
1: Oh yeah. It'll be really fun. I'm super excited to see what happens.
0: Now, one thing that has happened since last time we talked was you won the Beanpot. I I want to ask you, if, because I might be biased, but I thought you were the best player in that tournament last year. Um, what was it like winning that uh, championship? And talk about what it's going to be like to do it, uh, or sort of have that experience once again with Northeastern.
1: Yeah, no, that was um that was super exciting last year. I think that's um one of one of the best memories in hockey was that tournament. Um obviously, Northeastern, BU, BC last year were all really tough component or opponents for us. Um, and so winning that was something super exciting. And and I think Beanpot, like, playing it for the first time is that do-or-die energy because it's one game and you move on one game and you're kind of out. Um, and so bringing that energy over here, like, I know we're all so excited. Um, you know, I, I want to win it again. Like, I want it back at Northeastern. I know they're bitter from last year. And so we're already talking about Beanpot and getting ready. Um, and, you know, a lot of girls on this team have, have won it in years past as well, like a lot of our older girls. And so we definitely want it back in Matthews, and it's going to be really fun. Um, playing BU is our first game, and so we're hoping um, we're hoping to make it to the end and get Beanpot back in Matthews.
0: Yeah, I have that. Where is it going to be played this year? I think uh, BC, right, or is it BU? It's,
1: it's at BC, and we play BU first.
0: Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Do you like having the yeah. early game? Because I like that because I feel like you, it's good to just get it out of the way. I know what people like the late game because it's the prime time and the big bites and all that stuff. But yeah, I'm I'm an early person, so I like the early game a little bit more sometimes.
1: Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind either. I like early game too. Night is good because you have that routine. Like you play a lot of games <laughs> later. So um, yeah, I think either is good. I just think with that when it's being pot, like that energy is is kind of manifested for a really long time. Um it, it builds up. Like, I think it starts now, too, once it hits the new year, and it's kind of getting closer to February. We're all kind of thinking about it now. Like, you don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but it's always a really fun tournament. So I think we're all excited.
0: Now, what are your team's goals and expectations for the second half of the year? Obviously, it's to win a national championship, win Hockey East, and obviously the bean pot. Um But are there any other goals that are on your team's radar that some fans might not be aware of?
1: No, I think you nailed it all. I think um, definitely beam pot and we want to stay firm where we are in the hockey East standings, um, obviously climb the national standings as much as we can. Um, and then, and then definitely win hockey East. And then I think hitting all of these steps um, and taking things one, one step at a time, like I said earlier, is what's going to put us in a really good spot for that national championship at the end of the year. Um, but making it to the NCAA tournament is, you know, the goal that, it's great to win these things. Like it's great to win being plotted. It's great to win Hockey East, but that national championship is what we want. And so, um, I, I think just maintaining that consistency and that composure and, um, really playing for one another like we've been doing. So
0: now Hockey East has a single elimination playoffs compared to the ECAC, which is like a series for the first round before the semifinal. I'm curious from your perspective since you played or going to play in both since all teams from Hockey East make the playoffs. Um, Is your mindset different um, uh, heading into a single elimination playoff versus a series playoff? Because I feel like in a series playoff, it feels like you can sort of have some leeway to make mistakes. But in a single elimination, you sort of have to put it all out there. I'm just curious what your thoughts were on that.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, like, even, like, Beanpot, it's almost that same do-or-die energy. So I think definitely you – even though – People may say like, you like, you, you want to approach every single game like it's do, do or die, like that's the mentality. But when it actually is do or die, I think you like just subconsciously will play like as mistake free as hard as you absolutely can. Like you have nothing to lose, everything to gain, um, kind of mentality. And so definitely I think the stakes are a lot higher is what I think the way I'm trying to phrase it is when the stakes are higher, you play. Even though you might not realize it, but you do play so much differently because, um, yeah, like last year, like if you, you know, lose the first game, you have one more to tie it back up kind of thing. But when the stakes are high, I like it. I think having that, um, that you need to win to move on makes you shape up. It makes the games fast. It makes them physical. It makes them exciting. Um, so definitely I think your mentality is, is just bound to change when the stakes are that high.
0: Yeah, I've always hated though the saying like must win game because I always feel like every game's a must win game. Like yeah. the games in October are the same, mean the same as the games in February. So I don't know. Maybe I feel maybe that just some, maybe that's the way I, I always played a game. Like it was do or die. So no,
1: totally. And, um, you know, coach Flint, um, he's such a good coach and he emphasizes that every practice is how important every single game is especially now in the second half like every game matters so much even though like these may not be do or die like you still want to play like it's do or die every single game
0: yeah and then you have that mentality once it is do or die like you sort of have that I guess experience and mindset of what it's like to be in that situation
1: oh definitely
0: yeah and you just mentioned coach Dave Flynn I have to ask what's it like um playing under him uh he seems like a quiet guy but the guy is like a genius at hockey from what I've been told. So, uh what's it been like playing under him this year?
1: No, he's awesome. He really is like such a um such a smart man like when it comes to hockey. He was a goalie. Um so he sees the ice like, you know, being a goalie you see everything and I think that's what makes him such a good coach. Um and he's just been great. Like his his ability to communicate with players um, his ability to kind of stop practice and, you know, really break down the game into its smallest components. Um, he's helped me a lot. All the coaching staff has really helped me a lot, but um, definitely there's a reason why he's turned this program into a program that was like a 500 team to a team that it is now.
0: Now, hold on a second. Sorry. Um, all right. Okay. So what's been your favorite road rank to play in hockey this year? I, I do want to ask you that because I know there's a lot of cool ones in the ECAC, but – I'm curious, what's been your favorite one so far in Hockey East?
1: Yeah, I think oh, I can't. This might give me some heat and criticism because they're a Boston rival, but I I really liked playing um, at Boston colleges for rank. I thought they that's had a, a nice drink, though. They they have a really nice drink. I'll give it to them. I don't want to get put on blast, but um, <laughs> they had a really good drink. It was really fun to go over there. Um, and play on that sheet for sure. Um we haven't been to Vermont yet, but I played um at tournaments growing up, like in Naha I was in Burlington every year. Um so I'm I'm excited to go back to the to the gut and play Vermont. I have a lot of friends on that team. Um we haven't played in the rink yet, but I think once we do I'll really enjoy it because it's kinda got that like barn wooden feel.
0: I heard they renovated it though, so I don't know like how I guess it still has that vibe, but <laughs> maybe it's a little bit new school in the
1: Maybe. I hope it still got that. Like, it kind of had that arc in the wood, and I thought it was really I think
0: cool it's still have it still the wood there. I just – I know they renovated it, so it's nicer. So maybe it's even better than it already was. Yeah, evolved, maybe it's knows. even better.
1: But we, we go down to them actually next weekend, so I'm excited to play in their rank for sure.
0: That's obviously a big game too because I think they're second or third in the standings as of right now, so.
1: Yeah, huge game. And, you know, it's always a battle playing against Vermont. Those have been our closest games probably in hockey. So we're definitely excited for that as well.
0: I do want to ask you, why did you wear number 44? I know Abby Marone had your old number 19, but <laughs> I'm curious, uh, if what, what was the, I think it's sort of a weird number. So I was just kind of, I was just yeah. curious why you chose to wear that.
1: Yeah. Um, so I think coming over, like I, it's kind of actually a really funny story, but I, I've always liked, uh, I've had double, double numbers look cool. Um, and really that was kind of like a double number that was available. Um, you know, everything was kind of taken up at first. I, um, I was thinking about like 22, but, um, you know, that, that kind of wasn't, I don't think, a good fit. And then so 44, I was like, yeah, that's, that's great. And then, um, like not even like a week after I picked 44, um, like a Bible verse that I was reading came up and it was Psalm 44. And it was like a reminder of past victories and a verse about like looking into the future. And I thought that was like, so poetic that it was like 44 and it's kind of like, you know, you're like thankful for the past and like a reminder of like the past victories and everything that you've done. And like, now it's like a new chapter. And I was like, send it to my mom. And I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> I was like, this is a sign. Like, this is going to be great. And so um now it's like, honestly become like really sentimental to me. And, um, you know, I have like the, like I'm looking at the Bible verse in my computer back screen right now um, past this phone chat and I see it every day and I, I really like it. Like it, It's really endearing to
0: me. So we're now in a segment I like to call the non-hockey segment where I ask you some non-hockey questions just to get to know you a little bit more off the ice. Now since we already did a non-hockey segment with you last time, I tried to find just like random questions on the internet that I th- thought were interesting, so hopefully you do as well. Uh, first one is, what is the most interesting thing you've read or seen this week?
1: Ooh, I'm... Currently reading The Mountain is You, and I've been seeing it, like, all over, like, Amazon and the Internet, um, and I really like it so far. I'm not too deep into it yet, but, like, how we were talking about the mental processes, it's all about, like, self-sabotaging in a way. um, And, like, The Mountain is You, meaning, like, the only barrier you have to overcome is yourself. Um, And so that's really been a good read so far. I'm only, like, a couple chapters in, but I'm excited to keep going on that one.
0: Yeah, I guess the most interesting thing that I read was there's was this book called Manhunt, and it's about them trying to find John Wilkes Booth after he assassinated Lincoln, and it's actually a very interesting cool. story because I didn't know yeah. too much about it, but basically like what he had what he was doing after he assassinated Lincoln before he g- got killed himself, and I'm not the biggest history nut, but I did find that really interesting to read.
1: Was that a true story? Like, is yes, it Yes, it's a true on, story. Like I'm that, surprised they the haven't man-
0: made a movie about it.
1: Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I'm going to have to check that one out. Cause I like stuff like
0: that. Yeah, no, it's a long read, but it's definitely like very interesting. So um, yeah, yeah I, I enjoyed that a lot. I guess the most interesting thing that I saw was there's was a story about this hockey player named Jason Robertson who plays for the Dallas Stars. And it was kind of cool to hear like his story because he was born in California. He moved to Michigan and obviously now he's killing it with the Stars and he's become one of my favorite players to watch. And Maybe because I'm American, I gravitate to those American players a lot. So I really like him a lot. And that was really interesting story by Emily Kaplan of ESPN. Oh, nice!
1: No, I love those stories too. I'm gonna have to check all these out. These are great recommendations.
0: Thank you, thank you. I don't know if you're a big Dallas Stars fan, but he's definitely a fun player to watch. So,
1: yeah. no
0: kidding. No, what is your favorite thing about Boston?
1: Oh, um, I'm gonna have to say the people. Um, the people I've met here are really exceptional people like at at Northeastern like like it's really my family like I even going home for break like I was so excited to get back to school to see my team um so the people and I just think also the atmosphere like the the college atmosphere there's you know so many schools just in the Boston area and it's obviously a really popular place for higher education um so being you know a college student being a college athlete and you're surrounded by so many people similar to yourself it really brings a good energy to the city um and like and right now now being in northeastern i'm so close to, like newberry street i'm close to td garden like i'm close to all of these places and so definitely trying to branch out more and see more of the city like i'm in back bay like that's where my dad's staying so when my dad flies here he stays like five minutes away from my rink so i get to walk and see him so i just think how like nice it is being integrated into the city it's really cool
0: yeah absolutely I think um the people here are like honest too in a good way like I feel like maybe like in the west coast people might be like might not like I feel like people in the east coast will always tell it tell it out how it is and I always I, I feel like I prefer that more like it might be yeah. like people might not like get it but like once you like if you live in it you understand like that's like good to hear sometimes
1: yeah Sure. Sometimes, sometimes too honest. Sometimes, like like drivers, drivers scare me in Boston. I yeah. don't ever. I don't think I've ever driven a vehicle in Boston. I don't know if I ever will.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. I had to learn how to drive um, in Mass, so I feel like I'm definitely prepared for all that stuff.
1: You're prepared for anything, then.
0: <laughs> I I lived somewhere where Mass Massachusetts driver's license is the hardest license to get out of all the fifty states.
1: Oh goodness. Yeah, not for me. <laughs> I'm not driving here.
0: And walking's fine. That's, that's, Walking, uh, that's why it's, it's such good, a great it's city. It's good exercise. So. Such a
1: great city. You can walk anywhere. I yeah. prefer it.
0: I think my favorite thing about Boston is probably just the sports. I know I might be biased, but it's just such a different sports culture compared to other cities I've been to. And I just like how people are so passionate about it. It's why I'm, like, super passionate about it myself. So that's probably, like, my favorite thing about the city.
1: Yeah, the sports fans here are great. They're so passionate about their teams.
0: Now, what is the most spontaneous thing you've ever done?
1: Oh, that's a really good question. Probably a really boring person if I can't think of it right on the
0: spot. I'm boring. Mine's just going to a hockey game like last minute. That's usually my most spontaneous yeah, thing. Yeah, that's
1: probably, probably mine. It's going, you know, hanging out with friends, like going to a game, like – um not really, like, I like taking up new challenges So over break, like, my mom got me a Rubik's cube and I, I was so, like, I learned to solve it and, like, you know, like, I, I sat down and I watched a YouTube video and I was, like, I, I wouldn't even talk to my family over break. They are getting mad at me. They're, like, hey, put the Rubik's cube down. So, like, probably, like, just, like, that's not spontaneous, but, like, if I, like, want a task, like, I'll do a task and, like, I have to do it. So mm-hmm. now, like, now it's just something fun that, like, I taught myself the algorithms and I'll just fidget with it all day. But, I mean, it's little things like that. Like, I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not really a spontaneous person myself. It's just more because I really need to prepare for everything because I'm super OCD. Yeah, ACD. I'm the same
1: way. I like so, I like um organization. I'm very scheduled. But when my friends, like, make a last-minute plan and they drag me out, I always know, like, I love it and I love them mm-hmm. for it. So probably just doing something with friends.
0: Yeah, I definitely, at the end of the day, I like it. But when it's happening, I get very, like, antsy about it. Because I'm like, no, like, it should be at this particular time at that yeah. moment. So it's, like, a whole thing that, like, it's something I'm trying to learn to, like, manage, I guess.
1: Yeah, I'm similar.
0: No, what's the hardest class you've ever taken?
1: Ooh. ah, uh, There was, a like, a biology, like, chemistry. It was kind of biochem physics. And it was my freshman year at Harvard. That was pretty tough. That oh, was,
0: I can just imagine a Harvard yeah. physics class that, that, oh it my gosh.
1: Like, it was like LPSA. So it was like life and physical sciences, but it was like all of the sciences in one class. So it was like a lot of bio, a lot of chem, a little bit of physics, not too much, but mainly biochem heavy. Um, I like that stuff. So actually it was, it was challenging, but I enjoy the material. Like I'm a very science driven science wired person. So like it was a more enjoyable class than like learning about like for me like business or history or economics
0: like I'm
1: not wired that way so like it was
0: yeah I'm the complete opposite like when something's that hard and so frustrating it makes me like I feel like it's detrimental to my learning because I'm just so frustrated like the most the most hardest class I've ever taken was quantitative reasoning which is like a math class and I remember like I worked so hard to get a b minus (laughs) in that class like it was the hardest I've worked less hard to get A's in other classes, and this one I worked so hard and I got like a B minus. So that was, oh, I'm yeah. not a math guy at all.
1: Numbers, numbers will do that to you. Numbers 100% will do that to you.
0: That's why I have so much respect for people that like are interested in math and science because like I couldn't do that. So thank you for doing that because that's how the world runs and I don't want to do that. So oh, cool. I actually am very grateful for people like you who like that stuff.
1: I'm grateful for people who like Business and economics and other stuff, because I don't personally understand how that works. So mm-hmm. vice versa.
0: <laughs> now let's talk about some of your teammates. Um, I think you have the best style in all of women's college hockey. Like <laughs> I saw the Nashville fit. That was awesome. And then I think you took a scooter one time to a game. So I, I, I'm not trying to be like saying that you're on the podcast. I really mean it, but who's number two on the Northeastern women's hockey team for pregame outfits?
1: Oh, yeah some really good outfits but i'm gonna give a shout out to lily brazos she anything she wears she rocks and she looks good in and she pink is her color she has some neon pink outfits that she'll pull up in and she looks good every time so lily brazos 10 out of 10
0: yeah did you guys plan out those natural stuff at all or was it sort of like i feel like you have to coordinate a little bit like I, yeah. I, that, that was, might be like that could be the best team outfit thing I've seen all year.
1: Yeah, the Nashville stuff was fun. We did, like, Canadian tuxedos, like, denim on denim. Um, And then I think the other time it was just cowboy attire, like cowboy hat, flannel, uh, maybe flare jeans, boots. Like, so the cowboy hat was a big staple. That thing never left my head in Nashville. (laughs) I think for a lot of people, we all walked around with the cowboy hat on.
0: Who's the best? Which teammate has the best social media account, in your opinion?
1: Ooh. Probably Murph's dogs, Bean and Brew.
0: I've not heard of that.
1: Her wiener dogs. (laughs) Go check them out. Murph's Murph's dogs are probably the most active on Instagram. Um, There's actually no no dogs allowed in Matthews, and the doghouse made a sign saying free Bean and Brew, and it's my favorite sign ever. So definitely Bean and Brew.
0: (laughs) I feel like for Maureen Murphy they should make that an exception, but maybe that's just me.
1: I know, that's what we, like, we, they told us that, like, at the beginning of the year, like, Coach was like, guys, like, I have a really devastating announcement, and we were all, like, kind of on edge, and he's like, there's no dogs, like, left in Mad-. and like, that was probably the saddest we've been all year, because they're awesome, like, even, like, at Team meals, Bean and Brew are always there, Gwen's dog, Paris, is there, we're a very dog family.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I guess it's, I guess it's kind of poetic, considering we're the Huskies, but...
0: Oh, for sure, for sure. No husky though. That makes no sense.
1: I know, no huskies. We got some wiener dogs. I think Paris is like a French bulldog. So yeah, a lot of, lot of dogs running around campus for sure.
0: Now, which teammate has the best uh, chirps in your opinion? Who's? I don't know how much trash talking goes on in women's hockey, but I'm assuming there's gotta be a few. So who has the best chirps?
1: Oh, I don't really know. That's a good one. Yeah, I don't know if I don't. I feel like we don't really like chirp the other team like there's a lot of girls in the locker room that are super funny will like make super funny little comments like not really chirps but like
0: just no i understand like roasting you a little bit yeah like hilarious
1: to be around like peyton anderson is so funny like i could be with peyton anderson 24 7 and she will make me laugh continuously lily jovatic i know you've had her on the pod before i'm really good friends with lily like she has some funny comments actually and if there's one person who's a little scrappy maybe Lily like she's so hard to play against like I think she's I think this is actually yeah like she's so underrated for what she does like she's awesome
0: mm-hmm Oh, I agree. I think, um, she's the most underrated player in your team because totally. one of the big question marks I was interested about Northeastern was they lost a lot of key defense, defenders with Skylar Fontaine, um, and others leaving. And I was interested to see, like, who was going to step up in, in that second line D pair. And I feel like her and Abby Marone have done a good job, like, stepping up and filling in those roles. Oh and gosh, I feel gosh. like she doesn't get enough credit for that. So if she's listening to this, shout out Lily. Um, shout Ollie's out Lily. Big fan. Shout out <laughs> Lily.
1: We love you. No, she has been unbelievable like right now she's even she's even our first pairing right now with meg carter who's on like the canadian national team and like lily has earned that a hundred percent like she works so hard in practice um she might not be like you know like a scholar fontaine who scores like a lot of goals like, yeah. super offensive but lily will make the right play the best play like the hustle play every time um and she's she, like she i think is so underrated she's so quick like she's so agile like she. Pre- text the puck well like she does a lot of the really little things right and I think that's such a reason like we have so much success is for key players like her that may not get like the offensive recognition but like on our team like oh my gosh like she is mm-hmm. just a huge part of our team
0: yeah she reminds me a lot of Lauren McInnes um, who was on Northeastern last year she well, Lauren got I felt like got so much better from her freshman year to her senior year and became one of their key defenders and I feel like Lily's the same way but I think uh-huh. my favorite part about Lily is she's arguably one of the nicest people I've ever met in college hockey. Like, just such a great person and super humble. I love humble. Lily. So yeah. that's why, like, that's why, like, I always, like, try to advocate for people like her because uh, I think it says a lot about someone when you're so nice to people off the ice as well, totally. which is your entire team, by the way. I've always had Totally, you to nice no. Times.
1: And the girls on my team, like, are just incredible. Like, I could sit here and talk about every single girl on my team for hours and about how, like, good of a person they are. Um Lily, yeah, Lily, when I first got here was, like, I immediately like, immediately like made me feel like I had known her for years. Like we've always kind of played against each other and like, I think seen each other in passing. But so when we got together, like we were really excited to finally be in the same place. And she's been one of my, like she's such a good friend of mine. Like she always, again, I could sit here and talk about everyone for so long, but yeah. she's great, great player, great person.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's why I'm like a big fan of your team. Cause you're just such great people. Like a st- little story time, but I had Alina Mueller on the podcast like two years ago. Um, right after they lost the national championship game. And then last year I went to the regional game in Worcester when Northeastern played Western Michigan, just because I wanted to go there. And I was walking through the parking lot after I paid and Alina Mueller saw me was like, Oh, Hey, what's up, Matt? Like she remembered who I was in my name, like Aww, even I after a year when she me. didn't have to do that. So yeah. that's like, that stuff like stands out to me. So oh, I really? just want to share that story.
1: Totally. That's a great story. Lena is, again, such a good person, great captain. I sit next to her in the locker room, and, like, I've learned so much from her.
0: Well, I think it's crazy because she's probably one of the most famous people in women's hockey. Like, there's, she probably meets so many people every day, but to remember, like, some random kid that interviewed her, like, two years ago before that was just I, – I I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. So
1: Lena is great, for sure.
0: Now I guess this leads into um. I guess we'll ask that after this one. But what are your thoughts on the podcast since we last had you on? I'm just curious about that.
1: Oh, I love your stuff, Matt. Like really, what you do is is really like you go out of your way um to make these interviews to put a lot of time and effort into them. Um, and I know like all the the male and female athletes in college hockey, like we appreciate what you do so much. And I love your social media. I love seeing like the updates. Honestly, you're a great news source for me. Like I, I like, I don't really go. I think I've kind of dumbed down the social media a little bit this year. Um, But when I do check it, like, I feel like you're a good news source for me. So we really do appreciate everything you're doing and we love coming on for sure. So podcast is still 11 out of 10 for me. Would recommend to anyone being on it and also listening to the snippets. It's great.
0: Thank you. I appreciate the kind words. Yeah. I try to put, News out, but not like spam people. That's sort of the big thing. Cause I feel like there's great. some, there's some accounts, I'm not gonna name any names that like post 20 times a day and I just can't stand it. So I try my best to sort of, I uh, do my best to only post like five or six things a week
1: and make sure ratio. people get
0: everything they need. So
1: your ratio is perfect.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Well, speaking of, I guess, your team, but any guests that we should have on, um, in the future, either if we had them on in the past or, um, we haven't, feel free to give us any recommendations.
1: Anyone. And if you go through the Northeastern women's hockey roster and you just saw any name, like, I can't think of a name off the top of my head, but everyone is so social and just so kind, um, has a great story, like a great upbringing, um, brought us all to the same place with the same program with, I think, a common goal of just wanting, you know, that success factor. And so literally anyone, anyone on my team, unbelievable people, great um people to to have a conversation with.
0: Well, uh, I'll definitely uh, have to. I try to. I try to give other teams a chance. So we'll definitely, uh, definitely reach out to as many. Yeah, as we yeah. Can, maybe, so. maybe
1: in a couple weeks, couple months, you can come back to Northeastern. But.
0: For sure, for sure. Well, um, I guess we normally do shoutouts after at the end of any pod. But since you're already on, I guess if there's any shout you might have forgotten last time, feel free to do that. But if there's anything you want to say or plug in, uh, the floor is all yours.
1: Um no, I think again, just thank you so much for having me. um I enjoyed catching up with you. I really enjoyed our talk last time um just shout out you to be honest shout out um everything that you're doing for for college hockey. I think you really put a lot of time and effort like I mentioned earlier, and we really appreciate it um everything that you do and um yeah, so shout out you shout out, shout out just college hockey in general
0: <laughs> thank you. thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I guess we should try to make this a yearly thing after, after, during uh, January, try to have you on every year to sort of catch up.
1: Yeah, hopefully um, I can, we can keep having some more exciting talks. We can keep reflecting over the year, and it's all good stuff. So I'd love that.
0: Even after you graduate, like, we still should try to, even if you're not playing anymore, we still guys keep having you on every year just because I'd I think it's a fun it. tradition.
1: I'd love it. I'm so down for it.
0: Well, thank you so much, Taze, though, seriously, for coming on the pod. I, I really appreciate your time. It means so much uh, to myself. Um, I admire you a lot as a player. I think you're such a great hockey player. But like I said, I think you're an incredible person off the ice. And like I said before, that really stands out to me. And you're one of the nicest people I've ever met in college hockey. So I just want to let you know that. And uh, take care, stay safe, and I wish you nothing but success on the ice, but also off the ice in any future endeavors you might have. Um, and like I said, this coming on really means so much to me. So thank you for everything that you've done uh, for myself and the podcast. It really means so much. So uh, thanks.
1: No, thank you so much, Matt. I had such a great time again. And I can't wait for our annual appearance.
0: <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, January 2024. Can't wait for, to schedule that. Can't already. Wait.
1: <laughs> What I want the most in my life They say you're out of my league But I don't give a damn No, deep down I know you want it You wanna take a leap and jump in uh oh, oh, oh You wanna fall in love You